Welcome to the Iron Society podcast, where we build men of God to become husbands and fathers that change the world. No man should have to struggle through life alone or lacking the tools they need to win and dominate life. Every week, we will bring you an inspiring and actionable conversation that will forge you into the man and leader God has called you to be. Welcome to the Iron Society. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Iron Society podcast. I'm Cody Chapman, along here with Nick Milligan. Nick Milligan. This is the first episode that we are recording in what is becoming the Iron Society studio in the basement of my house. Um, So far, three of the walls are black. Three of the walls are going to be white, and there's no sound treatment in here. So if you hear a little more echo, just deal with it, dude. You'll be fine. We're figuring it out. Because what we're talking about today, <laughs> we were <laughs> we were dialoguing it right before this, and Nick, as as we always do, he's like, just press record. Why aren't we, just, we recording why aren't this? We recording this? <laughs> because, and it's what we do a lot. Like, when we, whenever we go to Black Rifle after the gym in the morning, and we sit there, and we, we're like, you know, just chop it up for like 30, 45 minutes before we start our day. And I feel like we should always be recording those calls somehow, you know, and I just, we just need to figure out a way to do it. Because yeah. I, I don't know. I think, you know, maybe it's, we're thinking highly of ourselves or not. I don't know, but we have really good dialogue often. Yeah. And so the conversations are, are they're benefiting. We know they're benefiting us. Yes. Right. And we're like, Man, would this benefit somebody else? Yeah. To, to, you know, like there's so many rooms. I'd love to be a fly on the wall. Yes. And listen in on, right? Whether yeah. it's Jocko and his team or, or you know, Uncle Garbach or whatever his name is, you know, yeah. that all the all the you know, there's just different people that you were like, man, if I could just be around them a little bit and hear their conversations, yeah. man, what what nuggets would I be able to glean and yeah. implement in my life? So well, I even I mean, and we we'll get into the content of what we're gonna talk about, but this is a really good principle for men in general. Is that you know I talked about on on our in our private Facebook group the other day. One of the reasons Christian men stay stuck is they're just surrounding themselves with other stuck Christian men. Absolutely, right? It's like you're sinking in quicksand, and then this other guy is sinking in quicksand, but you're asking him to help you out of it. it doesn't make any sense, right? 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 Um, but my buddy Omar, and I call him my buddy. We shoot direct messages back and forth. This guy's a complete baller. Um, lives in Vegas and he was recently at a mastermind and he was like, you need to have more. And he was, he, he was specifically talking about growing your business. Mm-hmm. He's like, how many conversations do you have about creating a six and seven figure business with the people that are around you? If you're not having very many of those conversations, you need to find people to start having those conversations with because the conversations that you put yourself around ultimately will start to dictate how you think about yourself how you live, what you believe, and ultimately what the outcome is, right? And that's why I think it'd be cool to start recording our little coffee conversations or this or that because it's it's what we talk about all day because it's what we do, right? Other than, I mean, it's what I do full time, but other than building your house and being a husband and father, like the Iron Society is what you do. Like you're helping men, you know? Yeah. And so being able to be around and in on conversations that we're having, it's not because we think we have all the answers. We definitely don't have all the answers. We're just in this so much that we see a lot and we have a lot of perspective on that. Um, 
and it's just, it's just good to be around those conversations because oftentimes the only types of those conversations that a lot of Christian men are around, it's with other broken Christian men mm-hmm. that are asking for accountability and mm-hmm. this really sucks. Or it's at some, you know, quarterly men's breakfast where they're like, stop looking at boobs and quit looking at porn. Be, quit being so angry of a father. Yeah. Be a man. And you're like, thanks, pastor. I appreciate all the help. I guess I'll go try to figure it out my next 90 days and come back and get yelled at again, you know? Yeah, and even the, unfortunately, at least from my experience, the conversations that end up happening at those little events, there's so little time set aside. You know, maybe you stick around a little afterwards or whatever and catch up with a couple of guys you haven't talked to in a while or whatever, but there's no there's no space to really go deep and talk about anything of any substance, yeah. you know, well, right, or, or what you're chewing on and wrestling with and... You know, it's more topical stuff like, how you been? How's the fam? You know, da da da, all those, you know, whatever football team you you follow. You know, I mean, it's, it just stays pretty topical, unfortunately. And so there's to have the intentionality of a group of guys that you're getting with with a purpose to level up. Yeah. It's just, it's an absolute game changer. And, And I think that's what it is. And that's what for years, it's why we started the Iron Society. And it's why we're seeing, I believe, God move in such incredible ways. I mean, last night on the call, um, well, I'll try to make some clips of it, but like at the end, guys just started randomly talking about how their life has changed so much in 30, 60, 90 days, yeah. you know? Yeah. And here's why I believe it. Here's, I think this is the game changer between going to those quarterly men's events, which by the way, I love those things. I love being around the men. Sure. I love the men's retreats, but here's the deal. There is a difference between consuming information mm-hmm. and then putting it into action and seeing transformation, right? And it's why we call our weekly Monday call the call to action call, Yeah, right? It's because we're going to give you information. We're going to talk about a topic and dive deep into something. But then you're going to leave with some kind of call to action to put it into your freaking life because you can consume all the information that you, your heart could desire. But if implementation does not occur, transformation will never occur. And I think that is the big picture, right? It's like these quarterly men's breakfast or this, that, or the other thing. And heck, even for Sunday sermons, dude, it's great information, right? And I don't care whether you come from a topical, your your church teaches topical. I don't care if you're expository teaching this. I don't care. If you're, if all you're doing is consuming biblical information, but you're not implementing anything, this is why so many Christians, their lives just look so impotent. It's because they're not implementing anything and they're not seeing the transformation. And and that is one of the things I love about the Iron Society, uh, which, by the way, this is not a pitch for the Iron Society, even though if you're not in it, I mean, you should be. <laughs> um, but there's the implementation side of it that so many people miss. And we, we live in a society right now where information is at your fingertips. You could go Google or YouTube just about anything and have people that are experts in the field explaining it to you. Mm -hmm. And you can consume all the knowledge, but if you don't put it into practice and you don't implement, transformation never occurs. So it's the practical aspect of it that works for me. I've got to be able to, you know, as a kinesthetic type of learner, Mm -hmm. it's great to hear the things. It's great to read the things, but for me to truly 
grasp it and yeah. it to truly affect me and change me, I have to do the thing. Yep. I have to put it to use. I have to see it work. I have to have that experience that solidifies it. I don't know if it rewires my brain at that point or what have you, but for me, I've got to go actually go do what I've been, been taught. Yeah. Learning a, a trade was a much more successful process for me mm-hmm. in my youth than hitting the books in the classroom. Yeah. You know, I went to a press text uh, technology uh, school and learned how to go run offset printing presses and all the binder equipment, all the things. And that for me was vastly successful because it, it just, that hands-on element of it worked and I excelled in it, right? Mm-hmm. It, like I, I wasn't dumb. I had great grades and, and whatnot in school, but there was no period of time where I felt like I was truly excelling yeah. at that, you know, my, my studies and what have you, like in part, cause I just, there was no Avenue f- outlet for me to use them. Right. So just folding that into what we're talking about, like, you know, you can get all the information you want unless it's transformational. I don't know. Does it, are you really stewarding your time all that well? Yeah. You know, it's funny. We're, Steph and I started watching this new show called SWAT. Have you ever seen that? Uh, a new old show? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's been, it seems been like I've heard of it a long time ago. I haven't. And uh, one of the things I, I just, from what you're talking about, it reminded me of something they say. Hmm. When like the SWAT guys are going after their target, right? They're, you know, breaching the building, whatever. Whenever they're close to their target and they're about to put hands on them and subdue it, subdue the subject. Okay. They literally say, they say it out loud. They're like, going hands on. Mm. And what they're saying is, is like they're verbally saying out loud, like I'm putting my hands on the subject at this point and I'm, 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 we're starting to fight and wrestle, you know, like we're not just moving toward the target now. Now we're, now we're hands on Mm. and we're actually, our hands are on the person that we're trying to apprehend and we're going hands on. We're getting, we're getting, we're getting down and dirty now. And I almost think like that is, that would be a, such a good little mantra for men to put in their repertoire of like mental triggers of like, I'm going hands on now. I like like it. I'm not, I'm not just learning about it. I'm not talking about it. Like I'm going hands on Yeah. like everything that, everything that we're, I've been learning about everything that I've been soaking in. I'm going hands on. I'm, I'm, I'm putting my hands on the subject and I'm doing work. And not even only for yourself, but you're communicating to those around you, right? Like same time, like, I don't know. There's an there's an aspect of accountability there, right? If you're communicating, hey, I'm actually going to implement this now. Yep, doing going some, hands you know, on. We're, we're going hands on, right? And it's just that cue to the guys in you, you know, in your circle to go. All right, dudes, dudes, getting after it now. We're either lifting him up in prayer, or we're coming alongside him. Hey, yeah. how can we support you in this? You know, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, because what's the opposite, right? Your hands off, mm-hmm. right? And even the connotations with being hands off, like ah, dude, I'm I'm keeping my hands off this. It's like avoidance, mm-hmm. you know, and and mm-hmm. it's like it's it's pulling back, mm-hmm. you know. I'm, I'm I'm keeping my hands off this. Yep. So, anyways, as I this is not none of this is what we we did not know we were going to talk about any of this. No, just we just started record. recording, but. <laughs> Today, especially after last night's call, this is what we started a dialogue as we're running on the treadmill this morning. The men that it was so natural and organic what happened, which is why I loved it. Yeah. Because one of our members just piped up and he's like, dude, this has been the greatest 90 days of my life for my marriage. Mm -hmm. And he went into explaining like, I mean, 
I mean, you 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 articulated really well how he said it. What did he? What exactly did he say? Uh, now that you tell me that, I'm blanking. But I think what ultimately he was getting at is he had been allowing himself to to stay comfortable. Yeah. That he he realized here in the last ninety days that he needed to create an identity for himself that enabled him to actually successfully lead and love his family yes. well, right? Yep. He had what he, what connected in his head was that he had been more, he'd been okay with being comfortable. He'd been, you know, he was, he was, he'd settled ultimately. Yeah. It was settled in his old identity In his old identity. He, you know, and he, you know, and that identity started taking shape in his youth. Right. Yep. And different circumstances had happened to him um, outside of his control, and there were aspects of his life that began to inform him of who his identity was, instead of yep. him informing who his, you know, yes. what his identity was. Yeah. And so he was, you know, he was reflecting on, you know, as going through this process and creating his own identity code and 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 working through these things, you know, reflecting on the 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 sheer volume of change and growth that it's caused, but it's been painful too. Oh, absolutely. Right. It's not easy. No. And I think that, I think he was, what's, what's so encouraging is though, even though it's painful, it's totally worth it. I mean, that's what I'm hearing from, from the guys, you know, when they're talking like, man, this has been difficult and hard, but I would do it again. Yeah. You know, because of the fruit it produces. Because of the fruit it produces. And, and this is it. So many men in their twenties, thirties, 40s, 50s, and even beyond, this is how they're living their life, right? They went through their young, single-digit ages, teenage, young adult life, and I always liken it to somebody walking down a seashore, right? And different life things happen, and they're picking up these seashells of identity and stuffing them in their pockets, Mm -hmm. right? And most of the time, Hey, one last thing before we finish this episode. How would your life change if you had a band of brothers around you at all times that can encourage you, that could challenge you, that would pray for you, and they would call you to being all that God has created you to be? My guess is your life would be different in every single way. You as a man would be better. Your marriage would be better. Your relationship with your kids would be better. And you would finally start to win and thrive as the man of God that you are. So if that sounds like something you would want to do, I want to offer you a free two-week trial inside the Iron Society Brotherhood. Go ahead and head on over to ironsociety.co slash free trial and you can get in the brotherhood for two weeks to see how it can absolutely change your life. All of the things you're going to pick up at those ages are some kind of trauma response to keep you safe in what you're experiencing, right? So whether it's being bullied at school, mm-hmm. whether it's because of your um, your upbringing in your household, mm-hmm. right? Some of the things that your parents did or did not do to you. Um, experiences with friends, all of these things. The girlfriend of your uh, dreams that you thought she was the one and she dumps yep. you. Yeah. And and we pick up these little, these, these behaviors and these beliefs that serve us in that moment. But then we get into our 30s, 40s, and 50s, and we have held on to these seashells. 
and we don't like the man that we are. We don't like the fruit it's producing, and we wonder why. Well, dude, it's because you're holding on to a seashell of identity when you were nine years old Mm -hmm. and your dad said this one thing to you. Mm -hmm. And so you flipped a switch in your head, grabbed that seashell and started living in a certain way. And that you took it through your teenage years. You took it through your young adult years, through your thirties. And now you're 40 and you're doing something in your marriage that is not benefiting your marriage at all. And you wonder like, man, I'm trying to change this. How do I change it? And the problem is is that <laughs> you don't go far back enough because what most men do is they they do what I call, a, they go after the fruit and not the root. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is we have to first understand where all of our actions come from. And this is what we teach in week one of the Identity Code course is that the way all of these things are informed is your identity informs your beliefs and then your beliefs inform your thoughts and your thoughts create your actions your actions create your habits and your habits end up dictating the outcomes of your life. Mm. And so what most men do is they attack the fruit that they can see, which is the outcomes, their habits and actions. Right. But at that point, if that's all you attack, just the fruit and not the root of it, you're always basically going to, and we were talking about this before, it's like you have an apple tree and you keep trying to change what the fruit is, you know, what the tree's producing. You're like, I want oranges. I want a sweeter marriage. I want a sweeter relationship with my kids. I want more peace in my life. And so every time you take an apple off and you try to slap an orange, you know, you duct tape it, you know, (laughs) up to the branch, which would be the stupidest thing for anyone to actually do in real life. But we do that in our lives in that regard. And what we have to realize is, is that we have to rip the roots of that tree out, completely burn it to the ground. And then establish a new one. Yeah. And this is, I mean, that would be living by design and not default, right? That's that's having an identity by design and not default. Because as you're growing up and collecting all those seashells, it it's it's all it's all a defense mechanism. It's all trying to protect yourself. And mm-hmm. eventually you get into your 30s, 40s, 50s, and now it's so ingrained, yeah. you're living at you're living this identity out because it's so deeply ingrained, which is how identity works. And you're living this life by default and not by design. And you're you're over there wondering, how in the world do I change this? Why do I have this lemon tree? Yeah. Everything's always sour. Yeah, everything's always yeah. sour and bitter yeah. in my life. Yeah. Which, you know, you can get by and force it and make some lemonade from time to time or whatever, but it still doesn't change the fact that you got a lemon tree and when when what you, God has for you is an orange tree or yeah. a plum tree or whatever, right? Yeah. Some whatever it is that that identity that God has established for you, you're not actually harvesting that fruit. Yeah. And it's work to tear the lemon tree down, right? A ton. Right? Cut it down, burn it, dig up the roots, you know, and then amend that soil, right, to where you can plant a new tree, you know, with the the new identity to produce that new fruit that God's got for you. It's a ton of work. And so it's, it's so much easier for guys to look at that and go, oh, well, I'll, I'll just try keep trying to keep making some lemonade out mm-hmm. of this instead. You know, yeah. I'm not going to actually do the the hard work that takes time, right? It takes a lot of heartache, a lot of effort, a lot of, you know, honest conversations to really get to the quote unquote root of the issue yeah. and be able to fully uproot it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's where you've got to have someone in your corner, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully more than one person in your corner. I mean, 
and your bride shouldn't have to bear the brunt of that. Yeah. You know, you should have a, a group of, of godly men pointing you to Jesus, right? And and also remember, you, you have the Holy Spirit, you know, mm-hmm. alive and well in you and, and capable, right? So it's totally doable. Yeah. The, the victory is already yours. You just got to be willing to do the work. Yeah. Grab the shovel and get to friggin' work. Yeah. And, and this is what we teach you literally in your first week of being a part of the Iron Society is everybody that joins the Iron Society, the first thing they do is go through the identity code course. Mm-hmm. Be, that is the absolute foundation of everything that we do because other than, if we don't have that, then all we're doing is we're trying to attack the fruit in your life and not the root, right? It's yeah. don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, stop this. But you haven't, you haven't killed, you haven't uprooted the old tree. And so we're just always going to be trying and dealing with all the fruit that your old belief system and your old identity is producing. Yeah. You just, you know, it's just behavior modification at that. And that just doesn't work. It doesn't. I mean, it can work temporarily. I was going to say maybe for a season, right? You can hold it together and and what have you, but you're going to revert back to the old ways of doing things every time. And anyone who's honest with himself at 30, 40, 50 years old is going to go, yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I've been ruining this for decades. We just had a guy come back Yep. Signed back up for the Iron Society yesterday. He was a member before. S- stuff happened when we were holding them accountable. And kind of, you know, in the moment, some of his old ways of thinking and whatever kind of surfaced. And he just peaced. Mm-hmm. And, and, we, and, and this was something that he had expressed before. When things get hard, I run. Mm-hmm. And so we let him run. We're not going to stop you, right? Um, and calls me up yesterday after my run. I was like, hey, dude. Um, I gotta, I gotta get back in the iron society. I'm like, why? What's going on? He goes, everything you told me would happen, happened. Like I reverted back to all of my old ways and my marriage is this. And he even told us on the call last night, like his wife told him to get out of the house and don't come back unless you have permission, you know? And I hate saying, I told you so, but again, I mean, working with so many men, seeing so many things, it's like. I just want to tell every every man that's listening to this, and this might sound harsh at first, but it's it's not. It actually it's it's not harsh. It's hope filled. You're not special. Mm. Like you're not special. Um, there are unique things about you that the Lord has created. But when it comes to the issues in your life, guys like Nick and I, we've seen it for so many years, decades of watching men. It, I, I mean, I could look at a man and he, I, we could have a 10 minute conversation and I'll be like, this is how the next five slash 10 years of your life are going to go mm. if you don't fix X, Y, and Z. And here's how you can do that. But if you don't, you'll end up here. And I'm not saying that in a way that is like condemning them. I'm just saying, I've seen this happen hundreds of times to other men that have doing the same thing. <clears throat> so this is going to be the result that happens, right? Yeah. I, I see the type of tree that is here. And so I know what kind of fruit it's going to produce. It's mm-hmm. not that hard mm-hmm. to, to just project what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And this guy knew that. He's like, dude, I exactly what you said would happen, happened. And so I need back. I need brothers around me again. I need the accountability. I need the mindset shifts. I need the identity changes. And I'm like, bro, welcome home, dog. Welcome home. And it's, it's cool stuff even. I mean, she's mentioned it multiple times since last night. She's like, I think it is so cool that a guy who thought they could do it on their own left and then realized like, no, what I had here was changing my life. And I thought I could do it on my own. And I thought I could do it my way. Yeah. And how many guys are in that place, dude, where it's like, 
I'm a, I can figure this out. I can do it. And I'm like, I, I sit there and kind of chuckle, you know, and I think I chuckle because of it masks how sad it makes me. Hmm. Uh, I'm like, if that was true, don't you think you would have figured it out and actually done something in the past 15 years? Like, don't you think? Yeah. Right. And it's like, no, this, bro, this is not working. Yeah. This is not, it's ruining everything about your life. It's ruining your marriage. Even one of the guys that started a trial yesterday and texted me this morning, he's going to be signing up because after 24 hours, he's like, this is the greatest thing in the world. Um, he, he was just saying, he's like, dude, I feel like I'm sinking. I feel like I can't get out of this. Like I'm just in this constant state of frustration and letdown and depression because I just feel like I can't win. And I'm like, well, cool. Then come get around some dudes that are winning and the natural byproduct of being around more people that are winning is you're going to start winning, dude. Yeah. Like it's just, it's what's going to happen. Well, even the, the guy that came back, you know, and you mentioned it last night on the call, <clears throat> it's the prodigal son story. Yeah. Right. Like he thought he could go do it on his own. Yeah. Give my inheritance. I'm gonna go. I yep. got this. I'm out. I got this. I I can, you know, I'll live a great life. Yeah. And as the story goes, he squandered it all. He was sad, depressed. He, you know, even this guy was talking about how the self-deprecating thoughts and whatnot. Like he he feels the shame of his failure. Oh, 100 percent You could see it. Yes. Oh, I mean, through Zoom. Very humble. We could see yeah, it. Very on humbled. Him. Oh, humbled is a yeah. <clears throat> and the beautiful thing is, is that God's just waiting. Yep. He's there, ready to rock. And and that was our kind of stance too. It's like, yeah. welcome back. Welcome back, bud. Here's your robe. Here's your sandals. Here's your ring. You have authority. You have... Uh, righteousness, thank authority, you. Righteousness, rights. Rights. You know, you have all that. Yeah. There's no condemnation in Christ. Let's just get back to work. Yep. Let's get back to work. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautiful. And I think, I think that truly is God's heart. He just wants you to abide in him, allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you, mm-hmm. right? Be around community. God created us to be with people, yeah. community with him, community with others. Like, we are not made to do this alone. Yeah. Um, it's just so important. So... You know, finding that community wherever it is, you know, whether that's the Iron Society, whether that's somewhere else, but man, make sure they're pointing you to Jesus first and foremost, yep. and make sure they're calling you to more because you're capable of more. Yeah. You have the Holy Spirit in you, and the sky's the limit. Yeah. If that. Yep. And with all of this identity talk, right, and moving forward, we have to understand that this is not just an idea, this is actually biblical. There mm-hmm. are so many examples in scripture. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite examples is Gideon in Judges chapter six. (laughs) Yeah. Like Gideon, you know, you, you roll up to Judges chapter six and Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press, not where wheat is supposed to be threshed, but it's because the Midianites are ravaging all the lands. He's cowardice. He's He's hiding. He's hiding. He's, he's a coward. And then an angel of the Lord comes to him and is like, Hey, mighty man of valor. And then Gideon's initial response is like, you talking to me? Like, what? Oh, dude, hold on here. Like, why, why, why is all this happening to like our families, you know, in our tribe? Like what if the God is like, what were all these things that, you know, our other forefathers talked about and all this stuff. And then it says, then the Lord says to him, mighty man of rise up in this strength of yours 
right? And then from there, Gideon, his response, I think, is so similar to men these days. And he's like, look, my family is the weakest tribe in uh, my, my, my family is the weakest in the tribe of Manasseh. And I am the least in my family Mm -hmm. right there. I'm like, dude, you can tell where Gideon's identity is because of what came out of his mouth, right? Because it's out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so we got to see a glimpse into what he believed about himself. And what did he just quote right there? He quoted his, his circumstances, not who he is. He, he literally was like my family and weak in Manasseh. That's that's not who he is. Yep. That's the circumstances he was born into, right? Yeah. And the choice is his to believe that he is a is a weakling in a weak family. Yeah. Yet he could flip the script on that mm-hmm. and be a mighty man of valor as he's yep. being challenged to be so. Yeah. Well, and this is, I mean, ultimately you see getting as being a victim, right? Because yes. being a victim is when you allow outside factors mm-hmm. to become deciding factors. Mm-hmm. And in Gideon's life, it is very clear that he had allowed outside factors to become deciding factors. Yeah. Things from the outside, circumstances, situations, real life stuff. And here's why. It's easier. It's so easy. You, you get told what to do. Exactly. You get told who you are. You get told how to feel. It's just easier. Yep. Right? And so unless you're willing to stand up and put effort against that, to claim and state who you are, to establish who you are, do the work to to become who you're called to be, it's just easier to stay in your little pity party. Yep. And how many, how many men <laughs> would say, my identity is in Christ. I am who God says I am. And I will ask the question, okay, what does he say about you then? What does that mean? And mm-hmm. they can't give me an answer. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they're saying that, but their entire life has been dictated off of what other people have said about them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, you're trick, you're fooling yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't give me that. The because mask. you're living your life according to everything people have said about you and trying to please other people. Yeah. But you say your identity is over here. Quit fooling yourself. Now, Gideon in this, right? The Lord is speaking identity over him, calling him a mighty man of valor. Go in the strength of yours. Then he has his pity party, right? Uh, I'm the weakest in my family. My family's the weakest in Manasseh. And as soon as he actually grabs onto the identity that the Lord was giving him, you see him go start to like kick butt and take names. Mm -hmm. That is where you see the change is when he accepts the identity that the Lord was speaking over him. And when he stopped believing that I'm the weakest in my family and my, you know, my family's the weak in Manasseh, weakest in Manasseh, it, and I, we could go through tons of examples in scripture where this is true. Um, we see it in Jesus's life. We see it in Abraham's life. We, we see it. I mean, we see it in David's life, mm-hmm. right? Um, where there is, there is identity spoken over us by our father and then we see once that identity is fully accepted, we see change happen. And I want to tell everyone listening to this, and this is going to sound harsh, but you just need to swallow this pill. Your life is not going to change as long as you are holding on to your old identity. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, I, I wish it, I wish I wasn't right in this. And if I, if you think I sound arrogant saying this, I, I mean, whatever, I don't care. But I have seen men for years now hold on to old identities and their life just crumbles. And then I have watched men go through and 
create their identity by design and not live one by default, and their life radically changes. And if it happened once or twice or three times, we could call it, you know, ah, this is just a fluke. Anomaly. But now that it's happening dozens upon dozens upon dozens of times, it is not an accident. This is founded in scripture and it actually plays out in real time in people's lives. And we yeah. see their life change, their marriage change, everything change in their life. Yeah. You just can't get past it. Yeah. Well, and it's, it comes back to that implementing aspect, right? So now that you've established and you're who you are and you actually begin to go implement it, right? Yeah. Gideon went and implemented the things that God was telling him to do. Yep. He actually went and did the work, mm-hmm. right? Wasn't easy. Still had to have faith, still had the trust, abide in Christ. He still doubted, too. Still doubted. Even later, he's like, well, if this hey, is actually real, yeah, show me this sign. Let's make sure we're good, at, you know, which, yeah. you know, I don't blame him. He's going to war. He's going to battle. Like, <laughs> hey, let me just give me some assurance here, Father. Yeah. You know, that's okay. That's all right. He's still got his training wheels on. God didn't rebuke him for it. No. He's like, okay, no. fine. You want the sign? Cool. Yeah. I'll give you the sign, too. He's got his training wheels on. That's okay. You know, yeah. he'll be able to ride eventually, you know. So it's, I, I just... <sighs> It comes back to just being able to take what you've learned and go implement it. Yeah. Go begin to do the work and begin to see that fruit, right? Yep. Begin to harvest. And that just only encourages you all the more. And that's also why it's so fantastic to be around other men in a group because you're seeing it work in their lives too, right? Yep. And then that becomes contagious. It does. Right? The encouragement comes from seeing another brother win in, in a certain mm-hmm. area or what have you, right? Knowing, I was like, oh man, if he can do it, I can do it. Yep. God's a good and loving father who wants all his kids to, you know, succeed and, and thrive in this world. Yep. And this is, that is the power of the pack mm-hmm. because something that you think is impossible, you see another man just like you going through the same crap as you in your marriage, in your personal spiritual life with your kids. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you see the switch flip in them yeah. and for them to start changing their life. And all of a sudden what it does is it brings hope to the forefront. Yeah. And what you thought was impossible, you just saw a real life example in front of you mm-hmm. of how it can change. Mm-hmm. And and what that does is it it sparks hope in your heart. And then all of a sudden it's you start thinking these thoughts of just like you said, if he can do it, I I I should be able to do it too. Why not me? Why not me? And then all of a sudden you start doing it. And then the next guy sees you do it, and it's just this chain reaction, this wildfire that just keeps growing. And it, I mean, dude, it is exactly what we are seeing in the Iron Society right now. Like these new guys coming in, because I mean, you can go right now to ironsociety.co slash free trial, and you can get two weeks for free in the Iron Society. Um, guys are coming in for a trial and signing up within 24 to 72 hours because they see... Oh my goodness, everything I thought was impossible, I am hearing the stories and seeing men just like me that are actually changing. Yeah. And when you see that, all of a sudden, you're not... Because like I said with this guy, he if you're around stuck friends that are always stuck, it creates... There's, there's something called a feedback loop. Mm-hmm. And a feedback loop is when you do something, you see a result and it confirms your belief, mm-hmm. right? So if I believe, for example, that I can't dunk, right? I can't dunk. I, I, and that is actually a reality in my life right now. I'm five <laughs> foot 11. I have the vertical of a turtle um, <laughs> and I can't dunk, right? 
So <clears throat> if I go to the gym right now and I try to go dunk and I can't dunk, it creates a feedback loop. It feeds back into my thought of I can't dunk because mm-hmm. I just went and tried it and I can't, mm-hmm. right? What you have to do is you have to put yourself in situations and create these little micro wins where you start to create a positive feedback loop instead of a negative feedback loop. And this is why we have the non-negotiables in the Iron Society. We have all of our tasks, our weekly, you know, all these things that we do. We're going to get back to the rest of this episode in just a moment. But first, I had a question for you. Have you taken the 28-Day On-Purpose Husband Challenge? The 28-Day On-Purpose Husband Challenge is a challenge and devotional that I wrote six years ago for men. And thousands of men have now gone through the 28-Day On-Purpose Husband Challenge and have absolutely transformed their marriage. Every day comes with a devotional written specifically for you as a man to deepen your relationship with God and a challenge that you can do every single day to make your marriage even better. To go get your hands on a copy, head on over to ironsociety.co slash store and grab your book today. Now let's go ahead and jump into the rest of this episode. And all of them create positive feedback loops. They, and they're all different. Some of them are spiritual. Some of them are in your marriage. Some of them are mental. Some, they're all these feedback loops. And But if you're just sticking around men where they are constantly being a piece of your negative feedback loop, then it confirms the identity and belief system you already have. Mm-hmm. And it becomes this vicious cycle that feeds itself over and over and over again. And the only way that you can get out of a negative feedback loop is you have to start to create different identity and beliefs and then put yourself in a context where those identity and beliefs get the positive reinforcement that they need because as soon as you get that, your belief starts to rise. And when your belief starts to rise, you try a little harder. And when you try harder, right, even if I went and tried to dunk, but I'm like, oh, wow, actually, like, and if you were standing there, I'm like, dude, you actually got really close. Like, you actually jumped higher than I thought you could. Sure. What does that do? Positive feedback loop. I'm like, dude, I wonder if I could dunk. If I'm that, if I'm really that close, and then I would put more effort in, I might do some jumping exercises, right? I might actually, instead of just going and prove myself wrong, I'll go and I'll, and I'll start doing things to eventually prove myself right. Mm-hmm. And you get that positive feedback loop in the Iron Society from dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of guys. And all of a sudden, it's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try a little harder because these guys seem to believe in me. And they just, instead of speaking something negative, they just saw something positive yeah. and told me about it. And when you try harder, what happens? you get more positive feedback. And then all of a sudden, when once that engine gets revving, dude, it's like a diesel. It might be slow at first. Like diesels are not quick off the line, right? <laughs> but once they get going, don't get in front of those things because mm-hmm. they will absolutely crush anything that gets in their way, mm-hmm. right? Um, but if unless you create, start to create that positive feedback loop with men that are in your life that will contribute to that positive feedback loop, and put yourself in a context where that is the norm, you're going to be in this vicious cycle of feeding your negative identity, beliefs, thoughts, and all of that over and over and over again. And it's sad that so many men will just continue to live their life that way Mm -hmm. because while it sucks, it's so easy. 
Yeah. Right? It's painful. It hurts. It's not fun. It's just easier. It's easier to not try. The What's the old saying? The the enemy you know is, is better than the... Than the oh, is that what have you? Is that you from don't. Sun Tzu? I can't remember. I think yeah, I think it is from Art of War. Oh, I'm blanking it, butchering it too. Anyhow, my my point being, it's it's amazing how we tend to gravitate towards the thing we know because mm-hmm. it's it's comfortable. It's it's what we view as safe and secure, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I look back on my life. I worked a job for a company for 10, 12 years that I knew probably between six, I don't know, somewhere six, eight years in that I wasn't going to be there long term because the ceiling was just too low. Yeah. I could only go so far there. Um, they could only pay me so much. Mm-hmm. But I had it in my head that I... I couldn't go do my own thing. I couldn't go start my own thing because that, yeah. that was not me. I didn't I didn't want to be an owner. I didn't want to be sole, responsible, whatever. You know, I had a safe income, right? Yeah. Even though it wasn't enough, but it was it was safe. Yeah. You know, and so I, and maybe that's a better word for it instead of comfortable. Just I'm safe here. Even though it's not ideal, even though it's not Anywhere close to what God's calling me to, I'm yep. safe here. Yeah. Well, and safe and comfortable, that is, I mean, if we want to go into the neuroscience of that, I mean, neuroscientists and psychologists, this is, I mean, you can go research it yourself if you want. Your brain is wired to keep you safe and comfortable. Mm. It is wired to do that. Mm-hmm. Anything that is a deviation from safe and comfortable your brain will start sending off red flags left and right of don't do this, dude, don't do this. Yeah. This is this is out of the norm. That's why people hesitate at the top of like cliff diving, jumping yeah. into a lake or something. Which they should. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, just go. God. Don't think, just go. <laughs> Jump. God. I love well, it. Well, we had a guy in the Iron Society. Um, we were talking to him and for weeks now, he's been struggling with finances, things have been tight, all of this. And I started having a conversation. I'm like, look, dude. First of all, quit your complaining. Like, don't don't complain to me about this, uh, and which some people would think is insensitive, but some of you guys just need friends to tell you to stop whining and have a conversation. Uh, I said, okay. Face it, ultimately. Yeah. Instead of skirting around the issue by complaining, yeah. actually face it. Yeah. Stop being it's a victim just, It feels face good. It. Oh, why, why, why me? Yeah. Why me? Face it and make a plan to fix it. And I said, hey, here's the deal. What certifications could you easily go get to qualify for the next level in your industry. Cause he's in, um, he's in it. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I actually have all the qualifications for the next level. And, and my, my current employer just isn't promoting me there. And I said, okay, Sounds that's great. Like you need to go shop yourself yeah. around. And so then. I said, Hey, so how about we do this? How about you go and you apply to three to five other jobs? What's, what's the worst that could happen? Just spend the time. You probably need to update your resume anyway, update it, send it out to a few places and yeah. do that. Okay, cool. So instead of allowing him to complain, we reframed the situation and we said, hey, let's just put something in action. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's just do that. Mm-hmm. Don't even worry about the outcome. Just yep. let's take some positive action. Go do the work. And he did. And he just accepted a job a few weeks later for $20,000 more pay a year. Right. And then after, but however, though, before he accepted it, he was on a call with us and he's like, I don't know if I'm going to accept this. And you, I, I started seeing all this, like, he's like, it's a little farther away from home. It might take me away from my family a little more. And, da, 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 da. and 
on the call, I said, hey, bud, can I just speak into this real quick? He's like, sure. I said, everything you're saying right now looks logical. And because it looks logical, what it tells me is that this is actually not you making a decision. This is your brain trying to keep you comfortable and safe because you've known this job for so long. Yeah. Even though the benefit of $20,000 more a year and you need that mm-hmm. is so bene- will be so beneficial for you and your family, your brain is keeping you safe. And I'm just telling you, this is your brain keeping you safe. You need to accept this job because if you do accept it, what is the worst that'll happen? In 90 days, you realize it is taking you away from your family more and blah, 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 blah. But now you have that next level on your resume that you've done the job and you can go find another job. Yeah. Just go lateral somewhere just else. go lateral somewhere. Yeah. And he came back a little bit later and he's like, holy crap, bro. That is exactly what was going on. I was my, it's like his brain was talking him out of it to keep him safe and comfortable. Yeah. And we do this in every area of our life. And the hardest part is you will not know it's happening to you unless, unless you are very self-aware about this entire process. The only way you can combat this is if you have other people around you that can see it. Because when you're in your own head and your brain's keeping you safe, you will think it is your own thoughts, Yeah. but it's your brain keeping you safe. And this is part of what we see (laughs) with men that are thinking about joining the Iron Society. Right, we start talking to them, and all of a sudden they find out it's oh, it's, it's seventy seven dollars a month, seventy seven. I'm like, bro, shut up! I just paid two thousand dollars to be a part of a coaching group for ninety days. Yeah. Like, this, this is not about this is not about the money. Mm-mm. It's about being around other men that are going to challenge you to a different level, and your brain is going to try and keep you safe. It's going to tell you, oh my god, seventy seven dollars. You know how much vape juice I could buy with that? <laughs> um, I dude, I literally we. We just, we, we just had a guy join the Iron Society and he was like, I don't have $77 a month. And I'm like, what could you sell or what could you stop doing? Like, let's go look at your budget. And he's yeah. like, actually, I could cut out half of my vape juice and, uh, you just know, half. Yeah. And oh I could totally pay for it. And I'm like, cool, then do it, dude. Yeah. Right. I'm like, it's not about the money. It's about your brain's keeping you safe and trying to point out all these red flags. And you know, you need this, you know, it'll change your life, Yeah. but your brain's trying to keep you safe. And everyone does this all the time. Oh, yeah. And it's why we stay stuck. Yeah. It's, well, it's one of the reasons we stay stuck. Yeah. I mean, fear of the unknown. Like, so go back to the guy that just, you know, applied for the new job. You know, he starts factoring in all oh, the distances further, da, da, da. And he's got to go, like, meet all these new people, right? Yeah. Try and remember their names, get used to the new structure of things, the new company, new email, new, just all this, like, it's so easy to just start st- stockpiling on in your head. Oh man, this is going to be such a hassle for not worth $20,000 hassle. Like really? Yeah. Is that, is that truly? No. Yeah. No, it's, of course it is. It's yep. minor inconveniences. And again, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about <clears throat> on the call the other night is, is doing hard things, being able to sit in a little discomfort. Yeah. Right. And if you normalize that discomfort, normalize those hard things, now all of a sudden those what used to be hard things are just everyday whatever. Normal. It's yeah. just normal. They're just they're they're on the on an easier 
side of the scale than than what they used to be. Yep. Right now, oh, <clears throat> coming up with two thousand dollars for ninety days for coaching. Now that might is the new challenging thing that you've kind of got to wrap your head around. Yeah. But but at the end of the day, the, the conclusion should be well. But this is going to level my life up. Yep. In every area and aspect, and yep. is pennies compared to what it's worth. Yep. You know, and so for guys to be able to wrap their heads around that, I think it's I think it's difficult at first. It is. Right? And I think that's why it's good to start with some smaller things and begin to incorporate a little discomfort, a little pain, a little, yep. you know, I, th- I believe you call it uh, uh, or, organized chaos? Inten- Con- controlled chaos. Controlled chaos. Thank you. That controlled chaos, right, to being, begin practicing it ultimately, yep. right? When, yep. When an athlete goes out and he's doing repetitions on whatever his thing is, he's he's rehearsing, he's practicing. A lot of guys will just go over it in their mind. They'll just mm-hmm. imagine themselves doing the thing successfully, right? Yep. To where when it actually comes time to do it, they're they're already in that comfortable zone mm-hmm. where they're not bothered by this unknown, uncertain you know thing that they've they've got to now try and figure out. No, they've already done it. Yeah, well, it's that's already why- done. Like my oldest son, Elijah, he like the past year, he's just really taken to basketball, right? Yeah. Like lo- just, just loves, I mean, he, he, it started with collecting baseball or basketball cards and then, you know, all of this stuff. And just the other day I bought him an online course for, it's from this guy called I can be ball. It's a guy, it, this guy's skills are ridiculous and he's mm. really good at teaching. Mm. And the first thing that Elijah wanted to do was go straight to the shooting drills, mm. right? He's like, I want to learn it. Cause I mean, like any kid, right? Yeah. When you get on a court, what do you want to do? Do you want to drain a three pointer yep. right in front of your friends and or in front of the <laughs> chick that's watching you play. Right. Which by the way, I drained a fat Steph Curry three pointer today. Yes, you did. And I called it right before it yes, was like you did. Curry and drained it. Yep. <laughs> I was like, let's go. Um, but I told him, I said, Hey bud, I know that the three pointers are the most attractive thing to you. But do you want me to tell you where you should start? He's like, where? I was like, what seems the most boring out of everything this guy teaches? What's the most boring thing to you? He goes, oh, the just the basic like hand drills, like the basic ball mm-hmm. control stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said, because it seems the most boring to you, that's where you need to start. And he and he kept back to me, like, I don't get it, but why? And I ended up telling him, I said, hey, let's just apply this to an actual game, right? If you're dribbling, if you're dribbling down the court and you're having to worry about if you can actually just stay in control of the ball when there's an actual another human trying to stop you from making forward progress, you're worried about so many things at that point. Yeah. And you're worried about the most basic. How how successful do you actually think you're going to be at draining a three-pointer or driving to do a, you know, a mid-range shot or, you know, to do a layup? You're, you're at, you lack the basic skills of getting to where you want to be. Yeah. Right. And so I said, you need to start focusing on what seems the most boring. And this is, we see this in scripture too. Everybody wants to slay their Goliath, but no one wants to kill the lion and the bear. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like or just tend the sheep or just tend the sheep for right. God's sake. Yeah. Right. Playing his harp. Yeah. And so <laughs> like you need to slay your Goliath. You need to learn how to make the three pointers. Yeah. But first, you just need to learn how to hang out with some sheep. Yeah. You need to learn how to kill the lion and the bear. You need to learn how to just dribble the ball, yeah. right? And th- it's that progression that will ultimately get you to the place of... Because every single bit of that, every single little piece, 
there is a bit of mental chaos and a bit of stress and pressure that goes on. Mm-hmm. And as you almost microdose that mm-hmm. pressure, mm-hmm. you get better and better at handling it. And then all of a sudden you get to Goliath and you're like, yeah, this is, I mean, this is a big dude, but like, and even like David said, you're like, well, I've killed the lion and the bear. Yeah. So like, I mean, what's this guy? Well, in part, cause he spent hours and hours and hours picking up rocks, slinging them out of target. Oh yeah. Picking up rocks. Slinging How many rocks did he pick up when he fought Goliath? Three? Three. Right? It, you would think, you know, I mean, my gun holds more than that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm intentionally going to battle with a lot more ammo, but he was so confident in his aim and his ability to hit his target. Yeah. He's like, I'll grab three. Yeah. I mean, he's a big dude. It might take more than one. Than, you know, <laughs> it might take more than one. He's might got take a, more than one to put him down. He's got a thick helmet. You know, but I'm going to hit him every single time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was. It, there's no doubt in my mind that was what he was thinking. It was like, I'm going to knock this guy out. I'm yeah. not going to get anywhere near him because he is a big dude. I don't need the armor to slow me down. Yep. I'm going to stand back. I'm going to whip a rock so freaking hard between his eyes. I'm going to knock him dead. I mean, it, that confidence only came from all the time that he had put in. Mm-hmm. All the effort alone, you know, when no one's watching, no glory, no nothing, just out there tending cheap. Yep. Some would say killing time by slinging a rock around because he was yeah. bored. But in my mind, there's intentionality there. Yep. Well, and when he got to that battle, he knew who he was. When, when Didn't Saul, let Saul tell him. When Saul yep. was trying to put yep. his armor on him and all this, he's like, mm-hmm. dude, this, this doesn't fit me. I haven't tested this. Like, this isn't me. Yep. Right? Yep. And then what does he go do from there? He, he, he prepares the weapon that he knows mm-hmm. he's used to. Yeah. And how many men, oh, somebody listen to this. How many men are trying to slay your own Goliath? With somebody else's armor. Yeah. You go read these books, you go see these people, you go see the Jockos of the world, you go see the Cam Haynes of the world, you go see the Jordan Petersons and all this, and you hear about everything they're doing and their mm-hmm. morning routines and mm-hmm. when they wake up and what they do and what mm-hmm. they eat and all this. You're trying to fight your own battle with somebody else's armor and you don't even know who you are. Mm-hmm. You would have been you you would have been David trying to walk out on the battlefield with Saul's armor and a sword and a sword he could barely pick yep. up. And you wonder why you keep losing and getting your butt kicked. Mm-hmm. You don't even know who you are. And this is, it all comes back to identity. Every time. If you do not know who you are, you will never live beyond an identity you've embraced. And if you start grabbing other people's identity and all of a sudden you start wondering, this feels real heavy. Mm-hmm. I, don't feel, I, I don't feel like I'm moving the way I need to mm-hmm. and living the way. Mm-hmm. Bro, it's because you're weighed down from all the stinking seashells from your past. Yeah. And now to try to fix it, you're picking up, you're picking up other people's armor to try yeah. to fight. You can't do that. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Yep. It doesn't work. Got to so, put some, some effort into saying no to what used to be. Yeah. Right. And investigating what God has for you. Yeah. What are my values? How am I going to show up and what are, and, and, and what are those, what is the functional aspect of that? Like what's yeah. the practical aspect of that? What does that actually look like daily yep. to prepare me for the big battle? Yeah. So man, I'll just tell you guys it. Well, first of all, if you want to know more about this identity code stuff, you can go back to like, I think it's episodes like two, three, four or one, yeah, two, three early on, early, early on. We, we break down every single part of the identity code. There's three pieces of it, the who you are, what you value, and how you'll show up, the protocols. Go back and listen to that. I mean, it, it, 
it could change your life. But um, if you want to put some fuel to fire, yeah, jump in on that free trial. I mean, honestly, if you're listening to this, I don't know why you're not jumping in on a free trial. Yes. It's free, guys. Yes. And you'll actually get to see, like, it's hard for us to explain what actually takes place and the value and the benefits fully. If you're not experiencing it all, it's hard to fully convey what all the value that you get joining the brotherhood, you know, yeah. of the iron society. So that's why, you know, we started doing the two, two week trial. Cause it's like, well, there's no better way to explain it than just let someone experience it. Exactly. Yeah. So, and at the end of the day, just going and listening to those podcast episodes and not actually having the full framework to go do it and the brotherhood to support you doing it, you would be doing exactly what we talked about early in this podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You would be consuming the information, but not implementing it and not transforming yourself. Yep. So go listen to them just for context. Yep. But hear me, go to ironsociety.co slash free trial. Sign up for a free trial. The man you are listening to right now, myself, I will personally onboard you. It takes 45 minutes. I tell you everything about the Iron Society, how you're going to operate over the next two weeks. You'll be able to attend all of our calls. You'll be able to go through the Identity Code course. You'll be able to have the Brotherhood at your back. Back catalog of all the, the back calls. Catalog. I mean, you could go binge all yep. of our private calls for the community. Yep. And if, if I was a betting man, I would bet you jump in on your free trial and you sign up within the first week because... That's what everybody has been doing. <laughs> like they're coming in, I'm going to try this out. And then they're like, I'm not going to try this out. I'm staying here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's, it's a beautiful thing. So yep. anyways, y'all, um, thanks for sticking us, sticking with us on this episode. I know we, we talked about a bunch of different stuff, but at the end of the day, it's all about identity and moving forward. Um, Cause at the end of the day, we just want you to, we want you to win because your marriage deserves it. Your kids deserve it. And ultimately it's how we honor the Lord with what he's called us to do. Amen. So, um, love you guys. Go check out your free trial at ironsociety.co slash free trial. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Out. Hey, one thing before you go, if you got any value out of today's episode, we would so appreciate a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening to this podcast, as well as, hey, take a picture with your phone of you listening, take a screenshot and post it to social media. Go ahead and tag me at Cody Chapman, and you can tag Nick as well at the Nick Milligan. Also, if you want to learn more about the Iron Society, you can head on over to ironsociety.co to learn more. We'll see you next week.